0: I want to thank you all for listening to the Nature Photography Podcast as we close out our third season of the podcast. We're diligently working on new episodes for season four of the Nature Photography Podcast, and those should start airing in a couple of months. Now, we might have some bonus episodes dropped before then, so check in from time to time to see what's there. Or send me an email and I'll keep you updated. For this episode, Since I've been sent some questions about producing a podcast, I thought I'd give you a little behind the scenes information of how this whole nature photography podcast comes together. The first thing we do is to come up with a subject idea. What do we want to feature on the nature photography podcast? In most cases, it's a species of wildlife that intrigues us enough to write a show about it. Or maybe it's a location or even a style of photography. One of the things that factors into all the decisions is that I like to learn too. So while producing an episode, I do a deep dive into research about a topic so that I can learn even more about what we plan on creating an episode about. Take the episode in season three on the Mexican free-tailed bats that I did with one of my good friends and fellow photographers, David Bozick. What I like it is when the flash goes off, you can see the one that... I saw one earlier. He... Oh, you uh, could just that see that it one? for a second right in there. Yeah, he's at an angle coming in. Yep. <laughs> and look at all of them. There are just thousands of them. We spent some time planning on how we would record the bats and how to make the photographs. We knew that they're only on their roost during the summer months, so some planning was in order. We talked about his system for photographing the flying bats in the dark and then started testing. He did most of the trips to the spot where the bats roost. It's a fair amount of legwork to get into the right position and do the testing that needs to be set up for that extensive lighting setup. Once he was happy with the results, we became more serious about making an episode about it. One of the most important parts is observational research. Just going and watching. This takes time and yields no photographs, but it does lay the groundwork for how these animals react to humans and how they behave. Critical knowledge can be gained for how to do the photographing and how not to disturb these animals where they live. David spent a lot of time going to that same location and watching the bats, figuring out what their moves were, how they lived, how they came out at night, what time of day, which way did they go, what the directions that they went into, and how they clustered these were all factors of how you can actually create his system for photographing the bats you got to be able to put that system in a place that he knew the bats were going to fly through and that took knowledge ahead of time to learn how these bats were going to react next time was to write-up how the podcast was going to go a little planning goes a long way here so that when we get on site we know what needs to be covered It took two separate visits for the sound recording of these animals. The first night, I used a stereo microphone to capture some of the overall sound. I found that adding ambient sounds of the environment really brings the listener into the show. I then used a shotgun microphone, a Sennheiser MHK 416, for a more focused sound of the bats getting ready to leave their roosts. While this worked, I didn't get exactly what I was looking for. I wanted more of a close-up of the sound of the bats. On the next visit, David had refined his shooting technique and even helped me set up my camera to get a second angle of the flying bats, shot at the same time as his camera was triggered. The cameras are triggered by a motion going through the defined field As long as both cameras were connected to the sync cord and aimed at focused at the same spot, we would get two different angles of the bats flying through the triggered area. On this visit, I was able to get some good recordings of the bats themselves. I used a parabolic microphone for this, and it created some very pleasing results. Here's what that sounded like. I'll talk more about the parabolic microphone a little later. On this evening, as we waited for the bats to emerge, Dave and I had a chance to talk while being recorded. This worked out because we already had a vision of how the show would lay out, so asking the proper questions and getting the necessary info on tape would be as natural as possible. To record this conversation, I wired us both up with Zoom F2 recorders with lavalier microphones. These tiny recorders are about 2 inches square and record at a 32-bit quality. Recording in 32-bit allows me to raise and lower the level of the recording in post-production without the fear of clipping sound. While these recordings take up much more space on my micro SD cards, the trade-off is well worth it. You see, in most sound recordings, the sound guy can move the volume levels depending on how loud the sounds are. If all of a sudden somebody shouts loudly, he can be there to turn it down. If the sound levels spike, then they can be distorted and unusable. And since we are in two separate areas under the causeway where the bats were, I didn't have the ability to monitor his recording levels as well as mine and also carry on a natural conversation. Using the Zoom F2 recorders and recording at 32-bit instead of the more common 24-bit size, I had much more depth to work with at the sound editing stage. It's kind of like shooting raw photographs rather than shooting JPEG. You have much more to work with in post-production. After, you know, if you need it. Once all the bats had left and the recordings were made, the photographs were on the cards, we packed up in the dark and headed back. David handled the editing of the photographs. There was a surprising number of keepers as the system would only fire when a flying bat was in the frame. The choices came when you looked close to see that the animals were sharp and focused and the positioning of the flying bat was what we were looking for. For me, I had to come back to the studio and record my voiceover. For this, I have a nice area, kind of like a sound booth, but not quite. I use a small area that's covered in sound blankets to deaden any stray sounds that might bounce around when I'm recording. I've discovered that I must also wear soft cotton clothing and not something like a lightweight summer shirt made from nylon. Even the small movements I make during recording can be picked up on the recording, and nylon and rayon shirts make a ton of noise. I record on a Rode Podcaster Recorder. This is a great unit, and it's easy to use and gives me the ability to record up to three other guests on a given podcast. It also has these little pads that I can pre-record things like sounds or commercials and background music if I want. Then while recording the podcast, I can just hit the pad and play what I have recorded. There's what they sound like. So if I'm talking, I can say, okay, now we're going to cut to a commercial. As a professional photographer, I use Adobe Lightroom, so then that commercial can run however I want. And then let's say if I'm I'm talking about going in the woods, I can just... Yep, let's turn on, turn on sound effects, bring them down, bring them up, and they're just right there, real easy to, easy to get to. And also, if I'm, if I'm working with music, I can easily just tap the music tab and just play whatever music I want in the background as I talk. And it's so much more nicer to listen to somebody with a little background music. Okay, enough of that. Anyway, so that's what I use while I'm recording. The microphone that I use for recording my narration or voiceover is a Neumann TLM-103. This is an expensive microphone, but I think it makes me sound better than I do in real life. So it gets to stay. At about $1,300, this microphone might be a bit overkill, but for voices, it's hard to beat. You can certainly get a good microphone for much less if you're thinking of starting a podcast. So it's not as expensive as you might think. By the way, I'll include some links to all these products I mentioned in this episode in the show notes and on the blog post that I do for every podcast over at my website, imagelight.com. That's I M A G E, L I G H T.com. If you think you might want to purchase one of these products and you use the link, Amazon throws me some sort of bone because a listener used my affiliate link. It's not much, but every little bit helps. So thank you in advance for using the links. Once all the narration is recorded, I head up to my office and open up my Mac and start my DAW. That stands for Digital Audio Workstation. This is a program that allows me to put all this sound together. I use a program called Reaper. I first start with the narration and get that all in place and cut out any of my goof-ups. Once that's sounding good, then I start adding the guest conversation or sound effects that I've recorded. These all go onto separate tracks, That way I can raise or lower the volume as needed for each one. When I did the episode on crows in Season 3, I had several things to keep track of. First was my narration. Next was the ambient sounds. These are usually recorded in stereo to give some depth to the scene. I read somewhere that more than 70% of podcast listeners listen with headphones, so I thought I'd take advantage of that and give them some sounds to really listen to. Next, I added in the more pinpoint sounds. In the case of the crow episode, I recorded crows with my parabolic microphone. This parabolic is a big round dish made from firm plastic that focuses the sound back to the center of the dish, creating a very nice recording of something a good distance away. In the case of the crows, I found some one morning in my front yard and made the recordings. You just simply point the dish, and it's made of clear plastic just for that reason, at what you want to record. And while listening with headphones, you can pinpoint the sound by moving the dish just slightly left or right or up or down to get the best results. Once all the sounds are laid down in the tracks, finally I add some music to bring the listener along. Here's how it sounds. First, my narration. Many Western cultures associate crows with bad omens disease and even death. Next, I fix my narration to sound better after I condition it with my software. Many Western cultures associate crows with bad omens, disease and even death. Then I add the ambient sound. Then I add the more precise sounds. Ah, 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 ah. And lastly, I add the music. How do they know it's Wednesday in our neighborhood? Every week, it's the same thing. The garbage trucks come by early in the morning, and then in comes the sound of crows squawking in the trees and perching on telephone poles nearby. Ah, 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 ah. Hi, this is Terry Vanderheiden with the Nature Photography Podcast. This week... We're talking all about crows. Many Western cultures associate crows with bad omens, disease, and even death. Once it's all done and rendered out for the podcast world, I schedule it for a release date. Once that's all set... I go over to my website and create a post that has all the photographs of the subject in the podcast since photography is a visual medium and not necessarily an audio medium i know that most people want to at least take a look at what the photographs look like that i'm talking about so there you have it a peek behind the curtain of making the nature photography podcast If you're enjoying these podcasts, please take a moment to tell another photographer about it. Maybe make a post on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter. That would be a great way to tell others about this podcast. It can always be searched on any of the leading podcast players, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, and many others. It's important to include the in the title, The Nature Photography Podcast. It would be great if you could leave a positive review on any of those platforms because it could really help keep this podcast high in the ratings. You can always go to my website, imagelight.com. That's spelled I-M-A-G-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. And check out the blog post of each episode to see photographs. You can contact me or you can also go to my digital products page and see what else I have to offer there. Until next time, this is your host, Terry Vanderheiden with the Nature Photography Podcast.